0: The following audio is from the King's Chapel in Clifton, Virginia. For more information about our church or to listen to more sermons from this series, you can visit us online at thekingschapel.org. We've already discussed loving one another, and uh, uh, Brian, Colonel Roberts, last week hit us with encouraging and admonishing one another. And, and another, I think, a finer point that he made that stuck with me was, don't be isolated. Don't be a Lone Ranger Christian. Have a friend somewhere, a buddy. Jesus sent them out in twos. Apparently, he thought it was important that we minister with other people. And, and so... Um, that's what he taught on, and I agree with him 100%, and certainly we should love one another. The one another's are what we're dwelling on this week. I'm still overwhelmed by the um, Miriam thing. Sorry, guys, that stuff tears me up. Don't get me going here. So, um, it, it, it's, it, you know, we're in such denial about the nature of our world, aren't we? At least I am. I guess I'm the king of denial here, because what's going on there is so horrible there's a people that's lost they don't know jesus and people are out here in our culture we have a nation threatening to attack another nation another nation for what and why i'll tell you underneath it all the why of it is they don't know the lord from the man in the moon jesus christ changes the human heart and makes it new and one way people see it is by love poured out hopefully by you and me. Another one is, as Brian says, he is the son of encouragement today as a migrant, so he's not here, but he he encourages people wherever he goes. He takes on everything. He's amazing, but he's always just such a positive light, and I really love him and appreciate him. But my job this morning is to talk about serving one another. You know, our people right now, uh, thank God Mark uh, mentioned the sign up to serve. Diana's out of town serving her daughter as she's looking forward to having a grandchild this week, her and Andrew, uh, their first grandchild. So that's exciting, that's service. So they're down in uh, 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 Tennessee somewhere uh, looking after a a soldier and uh, and his wife. So we thank God for their service. But Diana's left a bunch of cards out there in the lobby. Please, if you could, prayerfully think about it. There's a number of possibilities where you can serve. I think God in his providence brought this sermon up. Some time ago, Mark made a schedule. Mark is an is, is, is organizer bunny. He's got a gift from the Lord for this. And he sets this out. And there are things that are happening that I don't think he preplanned. This week, for example, there's that table out there. I don't know that that was coordinated with the service, but also at the same time, perhaps it was. At Rockbridge, we have our youth group and and young adults down there ministering to tons of church kids who maybe know the Lord and maybe don't, but they're down there to be made alive again, stirred up about the Lord Jesus Christ, and hear about his love for their world. It's kind of like a gigantic Young Life retreat center, and it's filled with young kids that are being Touched by that particular style of ministry. And the people that are serving them with their hands, with their feet, with their hearts are your kids. Your kids, some 47 of them, young adults and teenagers. And I thank God for that because we're teaching them something that the Lord Jesus taught let me say this, Mark ten thirty-five says this, and James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said, speaking of the Lord Jesus, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. The open-ended question, you know, <laughs> pastors, managers get that one. This is just, uh, yeah, whatever you ask of us, now, I, I, and, and their mind immediately is saying, I don't think so. I don't think so. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? At least he he, uh, uh, asked a question. And they said to him, grant to us to sit one on your right hand, one in your left, in your glory. Now, here is the miracle worker. They have seen him in action. And they're asking one of the most egocentric questions anyone can possibly ask. Just as silly as it can possibly be in a certain sense. And Jesus (laughs) responds to that. You do not know what you are asking are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism which, with which I am be baptized? That means, are you ready to give your life? Are you ready to be buried? Are you ready to be crucified? Are you ready to go through what I'm about to go through? And they said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. Oh, as disciples of the Lord Jesus, they were going to experience an awful death. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom to whom, for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. Like, that's the most ridiculous question I've ever heard. What are you guys talking about? Because they all knew better, right? They are, they're superior in their own sense. Okay. And Jesus called them to him and said, you know, those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles, lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be, be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to to, um, be served, but to serve, and more than that, to give his life as a ransom. For many, he is buying back human beings from satanic kidnapping and torment. That is the state of play in our world right now. We have been blissfully ignorant in many ways of the 1040 window of these massive land areas that are almost untouchable. Well, they're touchable through prayer as a start. They're also touchable as people come to our country and see a, a different ethic, born out of different lives, born out of the change that happens in a human being when Jesus Christ comes in. In Galatians, Paul said this, for you were called to freedom brothers. You know, we're free in the Lord. We're not bound by the law as our judge. It's the straight edge that has already shown us how crooked we are. Jesus comes in. He fills us with his spirit and enables us to be who we can't be ourselves. And I I have people testifying to that in this room all the time. I couldn't stop drinking. I couldn't stop yelling. I couldn't stop being violent. But Jesus came in, and something happened, and I don't even know what quite happened, but I'm changed. I'm renewed. I'm different. I'm excited about him and his word. For the word, the whole law, uh, it says here, only do not use your freedom as a Christian as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. A commandment, a love commandment. Something positive for you and for me. Serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, one sentence. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You don't have to think of all the law's requirements. You need to be filled with a love that comes from above. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed with one another. And they came to Capernaum. And when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent for on the way they argued which one would be the greatest. And he sat down and called the 12. And he said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. Our ambitions, in a sense, kill us. We want to be that guy. (laughs) Some people, they say, what job can you have in church? I want to stand up front and tell everybody stuff. Like this is an exalted position to be in. It is a servant role. It is in, inordinately painful if you have to do it and you're looking out at people that are hurting and are a problem and you go, God, if you don't give me something to say, I have nothing to say. I have nothing to help them. So the, the temptation is to, to just feel that you'll be a fool uh, 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 in, uh, and if you're trusting in your own strength. So, I don't think that's something necessarily to aspire to. Hopefully, it is something that some people are called to do. They kept silent about what they were talking about. They had argued with one another about who was the greatest. And he sat down and called the 12. And he said to them, If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. You know, uh, when uh, my children were being raised, we would play in the background something by, I think the group was Music Machine, and it went like this. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. And it would just repeat this over and over and over again. It, 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 and it, it established, it locks into your brain in the best sense of that. They started out with, some people are very kind to me, very kind to me, and they say, "How how is it that your kids love the Lord and all that stuff? because God imprinted on them through stuff like Christian music. Does that mean that's the only thing we listen to all the time? No, but it was listened to enough to establish the love of Christ and truth in their little tiny hearts. If you want to be great and great, learn to be the servant of all. Well, where, where did Music Machine get that idea? From Jesus Christ himself. This one boy was at my uh, soccer field. You know, I've coached soccer forever. I was taught it by Kurt all sitting out there in the congregation. So blame him for what I did. And I remember one time having this boy from another culture, and I love him. Understand this. I'm using him as an example, and, and, you know, I'm sure he'll never listen to this thing. But uh, I said, you know, talk to the team. And I talked to them about service in my mind, I did not use my position to overwhelm them with power and preach the gospel to them. Why didn't you build just Preach it to them. No, 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 no. I will not take advantage of that position. What I will do is I will live the life before them and see what happens. So I said, guys, you know, servanthood or service is a really good thing. So at the end of practice, you know, I want you guys all, I'm I'm having to do this too much. I want you to pick up the soccer balls, I want you to pick up the bags, I want you to pick up the jersey, I want you to do all this stuff. Because that's what a servant does. And being a servant is a good thing. I said that, or words to that effect, and one guy says, I will be no man's servant. I will be no man's slave. So I thought through it and I said, pick up the bags and the balls. You know, it's just, anybody else out there? I mean, you know, I'm being silly, but that's exactly what happened. He was from a culture where to be a servant or a slave was to be demeaned. It was to be stepped on. It was to be ground into the dirt. And this rose up inside the human heart, the pride and the strength and the vainglory of it all. And he was going to make a noble stand. One boy, and you've heard me tell this before, but it bears repeating. This Jewish kid, whose name was Alan, love him with all my heart. Alan doesn't enter into the discussion and all. He goes down and he begins to clean stuff up right then. Puts it all away. Next practice, every time, for years. This kid who was not much of an athlete, but definitely was a wonderful young man, and he believed what we taught, that service, even in this regard, has a benefit. That I told them clearly. He did it for years. He ends up becoming a college soccer player, with, uh, 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 and then he becomes a coach, and then he becomes a JAG officer in the United States Army, an army attorney. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. A man shall reap that which he sows, and so it was for my dear boy, Alan. <clears throat> Another boy was watching all this stuff. For some years, I got a letter from him recently. Uh, He is now thanking me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's not thanking me. It's thanking Jesus. He said that he was now the head of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in Santa Barbara, California. And he was deeply appreciative. He writes me this. It just shows up. I didn't ask for it. Deeply appreciative of the Christian witness he sensed and saw on our team from the boys and people who love the Lord. We just got a letter recently from one of our boys who's a doctor here now. He was Islamic, and you'll remember the story. He persecuted one of my sons. My son took it like a man, stood up for Christ. This boy came to Christ, left Islam, went off to liberty, got a degree. He is now practicing medicine, Rafi uh, Karadman, in, in, in Pennsylvania. Loves the Lord Jesus. Something happened exposed to a servant witness and to a young man who was willing to take the heat for Christ's sake and return to this gentleman in love. As a young Christian, I was asked to play the Lord Jesus in a show called The Last Supper. It was going to be reviewed in the paper. It was a nightmare for me to do it. I had to memorize a lot of lines. That was my servant part. It was absolutely overwhelming. I think we were reviewed by the Washington Post. Think about that. We're at the Folger Shakespeare Library Theater. That sounds all good. But you're just about as nerve-wracked and pathetic as you can possibly be inside your heart and mind. My composer had labored over this, he had taught it, he had written it, he had given his life blood to simply setting the scriptures in a secular hall to music, modern music, radically so, but he did that for the sake of Christ. And there I am on the floor, here's my job, take off a certain appropriate number of clothing pieces so that I'm gonna scrub 12 guys' uh, feet while music is playing in the background, oh my gosh, is this what I signed in for? Will I get a good review? How am I doing with these feet, uh, Washington Post? Jesus was the example for this in, in uh, uh, John 13. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world, to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper, He laid us out his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I'm doing, you do not understand now, but afterwards you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Quite a noble sentiment. Utterly out of touch with what was really going on. Jesus answered him, "If I do not wash you, you have no share with me." See the change up here. Simon Peter said, "Lord, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Wash all of me, then. Whatever you say, boss." Jesus said to him, "The one who has bathed does not need to wash. That's speaking of baptism and their being born again and following Jesus, except for his feet." It's completely clean. Because when we walk in a dirty world, and perhaps an extension of this might be, we, we all have places where we touch that which is ignoble. That which is nasty. And Jesus Christ wants to make sure that we're clean, not only in baptism, but also in the day-to-day grind. And you are clean, but not every one of you, for he knew who was to betray him. And that's why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Servanthood. Servant ministry. For I have given you an example that you should also do just as I have done to you. Truly. Truly. You could put this in the bank. I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master. Nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do. Do them. Living for Jesus matters. It not only matters, it counts, and there are rewards to it. Perhaps some of you that are, have been with us 10 years will remember uh, someone whose life is a very dear to all of us in a certain way. Because we all go to hospitals and see doctors. Her name was Florence Nightingale. She was a little tiny girl like some in this room. And she believed that God had spoken to her to be a nurse. Well, nurses in that era were barely a rung above prostitute. It was a nasty, vulgar business. It was horrible. They were involved inappropriately with the men in in wartime that they were associated with. And it was a bit of a nightmarish job. But somehow the Lord whispered to this daughter, a very wealthy girl, a beautiful girl, a girl ultimately that was, had men coming at her right and left, and she refused it all because she was a Christian and believed that the Lord Jesus had spoken to her. And so she educated herself primarily in many ways about both service, which she aspired to, but also how to care for the, the, um, the uh, cleanliness of the ward. Well, the Crimea War came between England and its, its uh, uh, subordinates, its uh, fellow countries, and Russia. And it was a nightmarish thing on the Black Sea. Nightmarish to the degree that hundreds of thousands of men and women were being killed and uh, tormented by ill health. In the finest hospitals they had, there was sewage sewage coming out of the floor. It was so nasty, if you read the story, you can look it up for yourself, that they didn't know what to do and people were probably dying more from being in the hospital than from being treated by a war and its insanities. She would go there in the Crimea with 40 other women and they were going to change everything. And there was some kind of backbone in this woman that just came straight from heaven's own throne. She nursed wounded soldiers there on the shores of the Black Sea, recovering from the Crimean War, often on her feet 24 hours a day. This is from a book called How Christianity Changed the World by Howard J. Schmidt. Or on her knees eight Hours a day on her knees dressing wounds. She comforted, consoled, and wrote letters for many. Often she wrote mothers that their sons died holding her hand. She exposed herself to deadly, contagious diseases and reflected the compassion of Jesus. She became a national hero. Her whole life ministry was started as a result of an inward impression that the kingdom of heaven In her heart, this was her kind of signboard. The kingdom of heaven is within, as Jesus said, but we must also make it so without. At her death, she asked that a plain cross be placed on her grave, and that would bear only her initials, not her name. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow wrote this. I only read part of the poem uh, on of Florence Nightingale, whene'er a noble deed is wrought, when error is spoken a noble thought, our hearts and glad surprise to higher levels rise. The tidal wave of deeper souls into our inmost being rolls and lifts us unawares out of all meaner cares. Honor to those, sister to Florence, whose words or deeds thus help us in our daily needs, and by their overflow raise us up from what is low. Thus thought I, as by my night I read of the great army of the dead, and this is in the Crimea, the trenches cold and damp, the starved and frozen camp, the wounded from the battle plain, in dreary hospitals of pain, the cheerless corridors, the cold and stony floors low in that house of misery, A lady (laughs) with a lamp I see passed through the glimmering room and fled from glimmering gloom and fled from room to room. And slow as in a dream of bliss, the speechless sufferer turns to kiss her shadow as it falls upon the darkening wall. As if the door in heaven should be opened and then closed suddenly, the vision came and went. The light shone. And was spent on England's annals through the long hereafter of her speech and song. That light, its rays shall cast from portals of the past. A lady with a lamp shall stand in the great history of the land. A noble type of good, heroic womanhood. Why? Why did she do that? Jesus Christ, and him crucified, living inside her. Our task, if we want to be great in God's kingdom, we need to learn to be the servant of all. You guys are a servant-oriented people. I know it. It shames me to see myself in the light of your sacrifices that you made just to keep this place alive. Jesus is, is living in you, and people are seeing it. This morning, I started my day, and I conclude with this with a letter from someone in the congregation. Came in, I thought perhaps there was a providence to it. She'd lost two people in her family. Very tough. It's almost brutal. She said, I haven't been at church much in the past, basically, a period of time, because she was nursing and caring for the people that were dying. And she said, in essence, I can't wait to get home to my church family. Family. She's hardly known here because whenever I would see her, she'd be in the kitchen working like a dog so that others could have food to eat. God bless her. Jesus Christ lives big in her. We are on the verge in our world, the thing we're not stating, which is behind every shadow in every moment is there is a country evading another country. And if this goes on, a lot of people are gonna die. It's, it's not gonna be us, but it very well could be, because when pain is suffered somewhere, I believe Christ weeps the disobedient of his lost children must be a stench in his nostrils and yet at the same time he so loved them that he sent his son to serve and love. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we do pray for the people in Ukraine and the Russian people who were once a noble and very Christian people in certain ways and respects. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, we would pray that you would hinder this this slaughter, Lord, that you would help our world, that you would raise up servants here at the King's Chapel, but also in our area, that you would so fill us with your Holy Spirit that we cannot possibly stop ourselves from loving other people and from washing their feet. Lord, help our country now, help our world, and help the Ukrainians, we pray. Thy kingdom come, Lord. Thy will be done. Let us be servants.